Welcome to HSDF the Podcast, a collection of timely and informative policy discussions brought to you by the Homeland Security and Defense Forum. In this second part of a two-part episode, Yemi Oshinei, the new TSA CIO, discusses his top technology priorities with former DHS CIO Luke McCormick. This program was originally broadcast on July 6th, 2022. TSA always been a uh, very uh, well-known traditionally having a very tight security system, having a very tight security program, and good catch on, it's it's in the name. And, uh, and of course, w- w- when you're doing that, you know, ATO in a day, you know, maybe isn't in the genre, right? So I totally get that, but it looks like we're trying to automate that, make that better. Mm-hmm. How about uh, when you're talking to the employees, you know, what are those conversations going like in, in, in regards to, I also want to talk about onboarding employees and how, mm-hmm. how's that sort of, how old is that work? I mean, I would expect that TSA being a very attractive place to work. I'm just curious to know how that's, how's that going? Let's start with, as you're talking to the employees, what sort of basic observation? Uh, good perception. You know, I kind of continue the tradition that Russ, Russ is really good with the employees, continue that tradition. I've already had a couple all-hands, uh, good reception. At one all-hands, we're mostly talking about chip legs. So that was, that was cool. <laughs> okay. we're, we're really getting to know folks and, and, and getting feedback. So, you know, I have a, an open door policy where I want to make sure that whoever you are, wherever you work in our organization, you can be able to get feedback. And we're doing that with all of TSA. So if there's feedback from one of the other areas that are not IT, um, we want to hear. How, how can we help you do better? So I've gotten a lot of warm reception, open conversations there, and, and that's been really good. As far as kind of onboarding, I will tell you, like I said, folks who've been in TSA for quite some time, turnover is low. So we're looking at the folks that we have there. And as we're doing these things, how can we help enhance the skill sets of the current employees? Uh-huh. And for employees that want to learn something different and want to change the deck chairs a little bit, what can we do there? How do we do cross uh, training for folks in other areas? So there are definitely people knocking on the door. I get calls all the time. Hey, if you need help, give me a call. But um, I can tell you, we have dedicated to as much as we'll be recruiting and pulling folks in, there are a lot of folks that want to stay. Sure. And the- process to bring them on board sounds like it's reasonable it isn't yeah. uh yeah okay let's talk about uh infrastructure you know what what's your first impression of sort of your infrastructure environment and your ability to deploy technical debt all this solid what little you know yes yeah, like after I, I dove in actually we had an, uh, an ato meeting and one of the staff one of the technical staff that actually is hands-on started talking about our, our, our on the premise, I mean, you talk about everything from the switch to the server to the memory. I mean, so we have very talented. So one thing is great. What I've been impressed about is folks that manage the on-prem, how quickly they're able to understand the cloud and how quickly they're able to make the, the leap of, I put something in the cloud, here's what has to change. Uh, so I think we have a very good handle on that. I will tell you, um, same group of folks that are going to be do, that are doing both. A, a mix. They're, they're, they're cloud folks and on-prem folks, yeah. but, but they cross pollination uh-huh. is really okay. very, very good. So I, I've definitely been impressed about that. What we're looking at too is how can we do some of the things that we're doing about on-prem? So what happens if we put a Kubernetes platform on-prem and in so that, you know, we can hybrid plug. There you go. Portable, yeah. portable application. So. At some point, does it really matter? It's all about the cost, right? So if I if I have a cheaper environment in my on-prem environment, Equinix, sure I can do it. If it gets cheaper in the cloud, I can just move. 
So those make it less affordable. expensive. We don't do anything cheap. Hey, hey. Less expensive. <laughs> I can dream. Right. We, we got a question. <laughs> yes, the MP has been well received by our IT staff. Passionate drink. Okay, this is from one of your employees. All right. Brian, you go. Appreciate it. Shout out to Brian. <laughs> All right. Same question yeah. for security. Observations there. Oh, wait. We have another one here. Yeah, we have talked primarily about airport jobs. Yeah. Can you address non-airport activities that are in overlap collaboration with CISA? Yeah, we haven't gotten into the zero trust or getting ready to, to ask that, but yeah, here you go. Yeah, I, I, can, question. I can tell you. So the way it works, we're primarily uh, and heavily invested in, in aviation, so our regulation authority is a lot more expensive when it comes to aviation. So when we look at rail and the other modes of transportation, you'll see we do inspect rail, but you'll see in the, the uh, subways and the buses, you won't see as much involvement. So there's where the overlap with CISA comes in. So CISA has a lot of uh, regulations and uh, directives that are already out. What we do is piggyback on them and look at where the gaps are. So when it gets down to the motor transportation and not just critical infrastructure, that's when TSA. And so we work hand-in-hand. Matter of fact, as we're putting out a security directive, we're working with CISA so that you know there's consistency as DHS comes out and tells them, you know, our requirements. So there's a lot of input from TSA when those are being uh, issued out by CISA. Interesting. So give us a uh, an assessment of your security, and let's talk about zero trust architecture and sort of where you are on that whole So our security environment, I can tell you that security is taken very seriously. You know, always has, always has, always has been very yeah. tight on that. We have a really solid zero trust plan working first working heavily on identity when it's coming to the network segmentation we're looking at doing ip6 and the network segmentation around the same time for folks that are familiar you know that's going to be a heavy heavy lift but one of the things we're trying to do is run a pilots first to see what the impacts are see which systems will accommodate that easier and then build out <laughs> the settings but uh, really solid plan here some of it is going to be investment-based, so we are asking for a little more money in, in uh, 23 and 24 to be able to deliver on that. But definitely a solid and very, very impressive security. And as far as, you know, the, the, the ability to to do data security and data is, uh, encryption at rest, et cetera, so where are you on that whole journey? And I, I know this, the ZTA is always a journey, yes. right? Uh, there's no question about that. How's that rollout going in regards to your ability to implement some of these broader initiatives. Yeah, we're doing a piece by piece. Uh, I would say, it's like you talked about SAS, we already have in our SAS environment our encryption at rest. So I've seen SAS all over the government. There are very few that implement encryption at rest. So I was impressed that's done there. We've been taking the identity portion and looking really closely at that. You know, how do we take each system? You know, having a multi-factor authentication for everything you know, to make sure that we're managing identity. What are we going to do when we roll out AD with our new our new environment? And so looking at those things and testing them out has been really the way we're doing in phases. And in 23, we have a pretty decent pilot that we're going to do. And once that works, we'll roll everything out throughout 24. But like I said, it's a journey. You can't do it at one time because, it's, I mean, most places not possible. Yeah, and, and nobody can afford it. But the right. reality is just the, the, the horsepower to implement all that. One of the things I, I, I was uh, interviewing uh, the CIO at uh, it was the Army Corps of Engineers, and he was talking about the culture of mm-hmm. the ZTA and, and, and just the adoption rate. 
Mm-hmm. But from just a pure cultural standpoint, not just with the sort of security employees, but all the other work that has to be done around the ecosystem, the operators, et cetera, which I yeah. thought was really interesting. How about, same question, software development? So what's your sort of assessment of your software development? I would say, so cyber is, is really the hotter ticket here than software development. Uh, so you'll see more platform development and SaaS development here, where software development comes in is where we're... Well, no, I say software. Just just, just, yeah, let's just say yeah. business applications. Okay, okay. Right? Yeah. You know, just whatever it is, whether you use a, a low-code, no-code, yeah. or you're doing sort of organic, you know, open-source builds. So what's your assessment of, of what you're dealing with? Yeah, I would think I've come, I've come where we're in an incline on, on the curve of software development. You know, there are so many solutions out there that have been around for a while where everything's looking for an upgrade, where everything's looking for something new, or if we've done something manually, it's really the time now. Like you said before, it's, what we're really looking at is, do we have the funding? So we have this uh, system, it's also in Salesforce, that we use it to track all the IT requests. I mean, there, I was talking with uh, Robert Deppie yesterday. There are so many, it's hard to keep up. So everybody wants something that has a software solution. The question now is how do we keep up with the business demand and business agility? And maybe I'm getting too far into yeah. the, uh, the business of, of, of TSA or CIO, but I'm curious to know how much of that is funded by the operator, right? When I was at ICE, we got to a point where probably 80% of the DME kind of software bill was actually coming from the house. I'm happy to do it, but you got to pay for it, right? You got to yeah. give me the money. I'll build it for you, but I need the money to do yeah. it. Yeah, it's not 80%. I mean, it's probably somewhere between 50, 50, 50 60, 40. So you yeah. have a fund to, we do have. Okay, to, to do some of that. It's just a matter of sort of managing and organizing that, I would imagine. So, well, yeah, they did a smart thing here at TSA years ago with the fast contract. So the contract is an IT contract. So okay. if someone on the business side wants to build something, they fund the IT contract. What happens is even if you have a PM on the business side, it's coming from IT. The contract says, you know, what the tech stack can use, how you're going to do it, how you buy by this grant. So that allows us to have some, some governance play in there. So even if the money's coming from the business, it's going through IT to get it developed. Sure, they're cutting an order on fast. Yeah. And then at that point, the rest of the apparatus sort of the ecosystem, the governance, the checks and balances. The same question on procurement from just uh, the ability to acquire goods and services to do it rapidly, or uh, including things like, hey, we have, we've got fast, we've got all these gorilla contracts out there, and they're all we need to pull in, or is there new things, or you know, just observations around that? So far, it's been, been uh, sufficient. I, I can tell you, fast, I, I'm impressed with how fast works. Because you're able to say, I want something new, and I want to be able to, to share that here, and I can do it quickly. You know, I, I probably need to sit around a little longer to see how our move into cloud will be with the current contracts we have in play. Mm-hmm. So far, I don't see any barrier. We're moving pretty fast without having to stop. So, but I, I probably need a little more time to get a full analysis. So, let's talk barriers. That was one of my questions. So, what, what do you see? Obviously, money's yeah. always been, yeah. right? The only things can, can get throttled in to how much funding is available. But sometimes, you know, you get $100 million and then you can't execute <laughs> it, right? Because that's not what they're yeah. or the contracts to do it, et cetera. I think fast, if I remember right, isn't that towards the tail end right now? It, it is. We're going to have to do it. It's not it? all the same time. We're going to have to do some recap. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> but barriers, let's talk about barriers. So, I, so what, what are sort of the 
barriers for you all to sort of go go, if you will. What are sort of the general side? Yeah, so one of the questions earlier, I think what we're looking at now is how do we start to homogenize some of the tech staff? Because when you're developing in every mode and every language, it slows down security authorization. It kind of hinders our ability to monitor. So, you know, our discussion now that we have internally is what are our core technology stack? What's our core platforms that we're going to use? And how do we rinse and repeat? And how do we turn, we use ship left? How do we start engaging with business farther to the left so that we're designing better together, securing better together, and we can take that template and just kind of tenants? And, and I would say we're not fully there. We're getting there. But I think that's a very speed and delivery. Simplify. Yeah. yeah. Simplify. Simplify and start early together. Yeah. And simplify is hard, right? It sounds easy and it sounds, obviously, it makes sense. But when you try to start clipping off these environments, yeah and get them down, there's always good reasons as you dig in as to, you know, why Secure Polite is the way it is versus, you know, HR is the way it is or what have you. Um, we have another question here, which looks like, I don't know if that's an employee or if that's somebody from the outside, but they're asking about reorganization. Apparently, you've done a couple of those in the past, and they're wondering if there's any uh, in the mix here. I know it's early, but uh, I don't know what yeah. you thought there. I'm assuming they're talking about CIO here. Yeah, so I can tell you my my as I've been a leader, my go-to is not to reorganize. My my go-to is to pay attention. You know, I've always said in a lot of the organizations I've been in, the boxes and lines are for communication. So we can matrix and get folks to work. We'll do that first. Where we need to reorganize or, or set up, like for instance, a, a stronger program management organization is something that We've talked about internally. That's building on what we have. But, I mean, we have great staff and good leaders. It's just getting them to do the things that they see that they can do and moving barriers for them. So, I, you know, my gut doesn't tell me there's going to be a big reorganization. I didn't see, I, I yeah. haven't heard anything for the rest of the team. Yeah, so that servient leader, you know, yeah. just get stuff out of the way, let the folks do their job. That's it. Yeah. Is always super important. What other barriers do you have out there that you're sort of thinking about right Honestly, you know, double side of the coin, right? So we have a great mission. And when you want to go to modernize, you know, going to push things out, you ask yourself, which part of the mission should go first? And because we're securing transportation, you know, sometimes you, you hesitate to move out because we're securing it right now. We're securing it. Let's not try to change things so fast. Uh, case in point, you know, our biggest thing right now is to reduce, you know, lines in the airport through security checks. Right. And and the question is, you know, where do we make that move first? Sometimes the barriers is just really trying to test out where that happens first. And, and you know, trading off speed or doing something smart that'll be long lasting. So that can be somewhat of a barrier sometimes. And also pushing out large systems and not, you know, taking a back seat on whether that system is really secure. And it's, it's that speed versus smart delivery that sometimes holds. So I can say that that's a barrier. I mean, other than that, honestly, it's it's, it's time and money. You know, it's blocking and tackling, yeah, right? It. A lot yeah. of it. We got really smart people. We got fast technology. We have our fingers on it. It's really, you know, if, if, if you have more time and money, you can do. It. We touched on shared services. What's mm-hmm. your thought on that? What's the sort of going rate on just uh, leveraging shared services across the ecosystem? Or, or you guys aren't completely at this by any means. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, you've made smart choices along the yeah. way as an as an agency. Yeah. What's your thought on that? 
it, it depends. I mean, there's some some vehicles we use at DHS now, and, and like you know, some of our high side obviously shared services there works. Of course. You know, it's you always want to control your own destiny when you want to implement something speed and has a lot of variability. So you know, you try not to look for shared services there. But you know, honestly, it really depends on the fidelity of the service. You know how much has been tested. You know, cost is a factor in there as well. And then you know what problems. You know, we're open to whatever's the best thing possible. But where we can control our destiny, we're usually going to try to press. Got to stick with speed of mission, right? That's yeah. super important. Yeah. Let's talk about vendor outreach. How are you doing that? How's that work? Always have a bunch of folks here, love yeah. to help you, et cetera. Let's talk about your philosophy first, but then sort of what's the methodology of mm-hmm. GSA? That's something you're looking at. Maybe you're going to change that, et cetera. Just thoughts on that whole yeah. vendor interaction. We'll call it vendor outreach, <laughs> whether it's industry day, push pull, you know, all, yeah. the, all the above. It's multi So I've talked to Bill about that as well. And, you know, they're wide open to the industry. I mean, GSA has been doing it for a while. And yeah, TSA does a nice job yeah. with their industry days. I always thought they did a really good job. No need to change that. Uh, if there's something specific that we want to do, you know, I've met with the CEOs. I met with um, Bill, uh, HCA. They're open and willing to do it. What I really like about TSA, um, terms, they, they're looking to be very innovative. They work with the pillow. So, so you'll see a high level of engagement from that team. You know, for folks that know me, my philosophy, I'm, a, I'm an open book. So if you want to reach out and have time, let's talk. I make it yeah, I mean, you're out there on the ground the same yeah. day, right? You're going to the time. conference. So, yep. very accessible from that standpoint. How about the rest of the CIO organization? Let's talk about that as far as is the expectation we'll see them out. We're going to see them out. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what you'll see is everyone doesn't come out all the time because there's a lot of work to do, but uh, we're starting to get out there. Actually, my mobile guy just sent me an email today to get out to one of the conferences. You know, I have a very open policy on get, us getting out there. So, for folks that want to get out, you'll see. I think it's GSA. super important to do that. Yeah. See here, are you scaling up biometrics to speed passenger processing? How are those programs going? It's a good question, and I wondered about that in regards to the touches experience. Another question about yeah. it that we'll catch sure. in a minute. But let's start with this one. Are you scaling up biometrics? When you talked about the touchless experience, yeah. and you talked about the uh, the uh, the license plate sort of you yeah. know, digitally. Uh, on your phone, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on that yeah, one. I uh, <laughs> But uh, I'm also wondering about the biometrics part of this, thing, yeah. of course, the touchless and retina scan, what have you. So, uh, yeah, there's your question. So let me unpack that again. So uh-huh. the MDL, mobile driver license, the way you get that is, is you go onto your phone, so the Samsung and I, and you're able in Maryland to request to have the driver's license on your phone. To do that, they are actually using your biometrics on the phone to validate it as you. And Maryland accepts that the phone, which is a um, WC3 credential authority, is a piece that's part that you own. And then your biometrics is what you have. And so they have certified. When you take that and you go to the airport, you scan the driver's license. I mean, it's really, actually, it's not a scan. It's an NFC touch our mm-hmm. cat machine. And then what happens is you look into the camera and it takes your picture. So they're using a biometric. It goes out to the authority immediately, validates it you. You're walking through. So that's wow. that's the biometrics that we're scaling up to be able to move folks through that. Is the expectation that's going to be in all the major airports? So the airports will do it. It's it's going to be the municipalities and the, so it's really about the practices and how they're working with that. Okay. So they're, my understanding is they're 
seven more on the list now. And as they grow, uh, Dallas is starting to, to do it. Uh, and other airports are in line. So they don't have the full published list of all the airports. Yeah. But I know there are seven more states that are jumping into the mobile platform. Excellent. We have another question here. Are you scaling up? Uh, whoops. What is your thought for moving TSA more robustly to DevSecOps or SecDevOps, depending on who yeah. you're talking to, and integrating O&M with the Dev team? So, and that's what I talked about the pipelines as we're moving the cloud, we're doing it simultaneously. So the pipelines, DevSecOps it, it is very important. Now, when you're saying DevSecOps and O&M, everyone sees that differently. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be looking at pure DevOps as we move forward. In some cases, like on the fast, when you build it, do you really own it? Because some of that is contractual and not just pure DevOps. Because if in the contract it says O&M is somewhere else, O&M needs to be somewhere else, you have to figure out how to do it. But the more we automate, easier it is to do. So if, if a team puts code in an environment, it's coming out of the same Git repo, it's running through the same pipeline, then honestly, it doesn't matter as long as, just as, long as you're doing a good job and, and you're supporting the system. And so, yes, we're moving to DevOps, DevSecOps, SecDevOps, whatever you want to call it, we're moving to that heavily because that's going to streamline how we're able to scale and do more. And get that velocity that yep. you're looking for yep. and keep those customers happy. Absolutely. All right, a year from now, we're gonna we're gonna be at another airport live. We're gonna do this in a year. Get the truth. Okay. <laughs> uh, it'll be one that has the uh has the uh, the readers. There you go. You're talking to your infrastructure. What's that conversation look like? What do you want it to look like in a year from now? I can turn it off. <laughs> yeah, He's behind the the camera, right behind the camera. Right, uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna go right down the line yeah. with infrastructure security software development. Same question. Yeah. Put up a speed round here because we only got a couple more minutes. Okay. What's that conversation about? What do you want? What do you want to be talking about in a year from now on the infrastructure space? That infrastructure is lean enough to support anything that comes up. So if I say I want to build that, I can build the environment using code. I guess it doesn't matter if it's on-prem, doesn't matter if it's in the cloud. I should build the environment using code, tear it down using code. We'd actually monitor the cost in the way where we can say, I know which environment and which type of, of system is the most effective and efficient. Sounds like Nirvana. How close are you to that, right? Your assessment. I mean, the full environment might be a little, probably a couple years from that. But key environments, I think we'll speed up pretty quickly. Security, same conversation. Having a conversation with CISO, uh, what's that conversation look like a year from now? We're very secure now. It's the same security posture, speed to market. And then we have an ecosystem that where we, we're secure internally. And we do provide governance and expertise and, and SMEs to the things we're doing externally. Is that, that, that's somewhat of a different business, but cyber security is cyber security. So we want to make sure we're consistent and we're doing that well. So we're, we're supporting our customers and securing them uh, and keeping up with business agenda. So no, hey, ATO in a day? Some things can do an ATO in a day. I mean, right. part of that's, you know. But is it speed up the ATO? We got to shrink that down. Or are we good on the timelines that we just break is No, we're speeding up. We gotta speed up. We gotta speed up. But but that's gonna be partially consistency in environments, consistency in tech stack. Because if I'm rinsing and repeating, I'm not doing a full security assessment on everything. I think just look it up. Yeah, reuse yeah. is the key there. I say software development, but just business applications, right? You're talking to the head of business application. I'm not sure exactly how you organize <laughs> there. Maybe we can ask you that again in a minute. But uh, how's that conversation going? What's that look like? So we want to be able to track everything we're doing. Uh, we want to be able to track velocity, track uh, how business value has been uh, been delivered based on that. That, to me, is more of a 
business conversation than it is about software because software software does the right thing. But how are we able to meet the mission, the most efficient part? And what do those numbers look like? Because that's going to influence the next contract and then influence the platform, the next team we use. So those are the, that's the conversation. We should be agile. We should have DevOps. We should have, and the infrastructure guy did his job, so we should be able to move quickly. Now, what's the most efficient? Uh, procurement. What's that conversation? If you're talking to Bill in a year, what are you all talking about? What do you want to be talking about? Hopefully, FAST has evolved to something, you know, it's got to be the most innovative contract in, in DHS. So we'll be doing things that no one else has done and be able to procure agile services in a new and, and kind of cool way. The other thing is that what FAST is? Agile services? Agile services. Other stuff? It's, it's just agile services. Okay. I, I think on the, on the commodity side, infrastructure and, and the commodity side, you just want to have flexibility because those are commodities. We want to make sure we have access to them, meter them, that they're their best cost. But on the on the uh, software side, when it comes to contracts, we need to be able to, to do things well and, and to be innovative because buying agile services is not the easiest thing because you know, it's buying sprints better than buying units, buying velocity, the way to go. So, you know, getting feedback from industry to figure out the best way to buy. Top three priorities over the next six months for you. Just aggregate, you know, yeah. you're hearing from your customers, talking to your employees, yeah. obviously the administrators giving you some direction. Headquarters probably trying to give you some help. <laughs> what are your top priorities, top three priorities for uh, you in for six months? Yeah, cyber is definitely the, the, the top. Uh, cyber. Cyber, big cyber. Cyber for the industry and cyber to make sure we're moving cyber a little bit cleaner internally. Okay. So cyber. Yeah. Both sides of yeah, that point. I would say making sure that that cloud migration is, is you know, kind of moving up on a exponentially exponentially higher scale. So we're gonna the curve has to go up. So as we're because as we do that, we'll have more flexibility. And so moving that forward. And then I would say the next one is just uh, more and more collaboration. Because we're doing so much in so many different areas that we're gonna have to keep the pace together. And TSA is like a big mission a big organization. I found that you know most of what I do every day is I'm on the phone on email. I talk more in, in about twelve to fourteen hours than I've done in a long time. Really? I'm, I'm talking all day. I get home, I just go to bed. So you're in the office? <laughs> I go in the office three days a week. So what's the remote requirement or posture or policy for TSI? It's similar to most of the agencies. So we're twice a pay period that, that okay. you're required to come in. But folks come in. Like I'll, I'll be in. I'll see folks walking around because we, we're supporting the rest of the agency. Folks are coming in. I, I, I come in three days a week. We have a great gym, too. So I, I like that. So I, I'm, in, I'm in the office a lot. Excellent. Thank you for listening. Subscribe today so you never miss an episode of HSDF the podcast. And visit hsdf.org for more information about the Homeland Security and Defense Forum.